Headline Hollywood, entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Damn, that music is loud in my headphones. Love that theme song. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. Welcome back, Jeff, to a regular episode of Switch the Envelope. And if you never left and you've been listening to us all along, then welcome. I just mean that uh, our last few episodes have been... um, Few and far between. Well, not 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 necessarily the frequency, but I'm saying like the last one was our prediction, our Oscar prediction uh, episode. Which I've got to say, we were very very close to a lot of these. We had a pretty good track record, I have to say. Yeah, um, I mean, it helped that we were uh, guessing two out of the five nominees for everything. So you know, like our numbers were <laughs> we're very close. Our numbers Odds, were really you know. very close. Do Do you happen to know our our final score? Or? I have no idea because I really have. I don't like listening to myself. Yeah, you know. I, I don't know. I know that, that when I was watching the awards, I was like, fucking called it. Like uh, R- Regina King winning, right? Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I totally called that. You know? I like to think that I was, uh, oh, I, I, I guess the cartoon. I guess Sp- <laughs> the Spider-Man Spider-verse. cartoon. Spider-Verse, yeah. Yeah. But I'd like to think that we were, uh, if just throwing it out there, I'd like to say we got we were 90%. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. It sounds good to say that we are 90% it accurate. It does. And since nobody's really going to fact check us, uh, no. you know, yeah, we were so, 90% accurate on From now on, from now on, we're always going to say that we were, we are a uh, More or broadcast less. or a podcast that is a 90% accuracy in picking Oscar, Oscar predictions. predictions. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> but that's exactly. the stamp of approval on it. Um, was there anything, uh, you know, Oscar-wise, this last Oscars, that uh, surprised you? Yeah. Um, Glenn Close not winning. <laughs> right. I think the fact that uh, the British lady winning <laughs> d- was so out of left field. It was out of left field, though deserved it, and I loved her speech. Her speech was was really endearing and and Yeah, fun. but I, I honestly— I like I, when people I, like that win. I you know I don't necessarily agree with that she should have won that award over those other actresses necessarily, but I loved how gracious and and lovely she was while winning. You know, yeah, I still think it should have been either Lady Gaga or Glenn Close. I really think it should have gone to Glenn Close, but right, yeah, it's fine. You know, whatever. You know, they're all yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe it'll be another. Uh, I mean, the whole reason of, uh, we we do this is because we don't agree with the Oscars. Right. So you know, right. I'm assuming that this will be an episode that we do again. I do. I do have to like the elephant in the room with this Oscars is uh, that Green Book won Best Picture. Just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. You know, like Vice <laughs> would have would have been my uh, amendment <laughs> to my prediction. <laughs> Getting back. Past all of this, uh, yeah, Vice Vice is still sticking with me. Um, though Black Klansman would be a real close, real close second. Have you seen Black Klansman? Yet? <clears throat> yeah, and uh, I, I don't like it because it's really? a, it's a, it's a. I'm blanking on a name now. You, you've, you've cursed uh, you, me. You're, you're taking my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren being yeah. a cop. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Kylo Ren. Is in is great in everything where he's not Kylo Ren. Adam Driver is is just not good. He's okay. I don't know. There's something about his face. Uh, you know what movie you should see? I think it came out two years ago now. Uh, Logan Lucky with Adam Driver. No, I know it's Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's yeah. so yeah. good. Like Channing Tatum's best work. I think his best work is when he's dancing. He's dancing. You know everything. what? He is a fantastic he's dancer. A great. Dancer. And if he's not dancing, he should be dancing in everything. Those those calves. Those dancers' calves. Fantastic. Although he should not combine dancing and taking off his clothes because Magic Mike, terrible movie. Magic Mike was good. Magic Mike 2, not good. No, they could have made Magic Mike as good as like a Boogie Nights was. Mm. Oh, yeah. Not, not, does not hold no. a candle to no. the likes of a Boogie Nights, but the, it's still the, good. The parts where they're trying to make it like a real movie, like Chang Tatum is just not pulling Yeah, it off. he's, he, um, yeah, he didn't really have that extra level yet. I think he's he's found it somewhere. Like maybe he he took some extra sort of uh, classes, or he's just grown as an actor because that's what actors can do. Um, but the latest stuff some that I've shrink. seen from him, some shrink. They some some do. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger Jr. Yeah, he shrunk. Um, 
but yeah, Logan Lucky's a, a really good one if you have the chance uh, to go see. Uh, should we fire up Al and find out where we're going this week? <laughs> now that we're 26 minutes into this episode. <laughs> okay, Al, let's hear what... Enough Oscars talk. Let's talk about old Oscars. All right, so we have been away from the uh, away from the metric and away from Switch the Envelope for a really long time. So we are going to try to go back into the metric. We're going to go back in time, back to Switching the Envelope. And we're gonna fire up our machine, Al, and see what comes out. All right. You, you think for the uh, the effort of time here, we should forego uh, trying to quiz what year it is? We'll just come out with it. Yeah. We'll yeah. Because we 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 did a lot of Oscar recapping. Maybe we just just get right into it. I'm gonna cut all that shit, man. Okay. I'm oh, you're gonna cut all of that. Oscar no, I'm stuff. not gonna cut all that. All right. So let's, uh, Al. What do we got? So why don't you uh, why don't you spit out what year? And category we're going to do this week. Okay, it looks like Al is going to give us the year 1986, which is the 1987 Academy Awards. Oh. And we are going to get the category of three. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I'm sure I've seen most of these films. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get the category of Best Director, which uh-huh. we have never done. It just so happens in our last episode we had mentioned something about that. Al was listening, that. even though he wasn't like he wasn't involved. He was he was there, sitting in the room. Well, listening. he's always there. He he's is always, always there. there. Yeah. He's just never. Sometimes yeah. we don't we don't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. He's, he's always fine. working the board. Yeah, you know, right, Al. Cool. Thanks, man. All right, Best Director, 1987. Okay, let's, Al, go ahead and pull up the rest of the details for the 1987 Oscars as we take a peek behind the Oscars. This was the, um, it was the 59th Annual Academy Awards. We are, um, the last one was 91st? Yeah, sure. That, that makes me feel really old. You should. I was alive when these happened, and there's a five in front of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hosts. Can you guess the hosts? Who was, like, top shit in 1986? Um, I'm assuming it had something to do with Crocodile Dundee. Yes, it did. Paul Hogan. Crocodile <laughs> Dundee himself was one of the hosts. But Are there you were, serious? Yes. I was joking. He was. He was, he, he was like... That's not an award. This is an award. You know. Um, that's a really bad joke. That fell really flat, I'm that, sure, for all I, the listeners. I think I should cut that. <laughs> no, nah, don't cut that. Leave my failures. Um, but also hosting... We should do the entire rest of the episode with bad, bad Australian jokes. accents. Bad Australian. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, no, I can't do that. That's going to be annoying as fuck. This is going to be annoying. <laughs> um, hey, Crikey. Chevy Chevy Chase was also a, a host, and uh, I can't. I that's can't like that. that's like I, some I, kind yeah, of weird I, fucking. I can't lock in. I can't lock in. I'm not going to do it. Uh, Fletch Fletch was a was a host. No, which I know makes who sense. Chevy Chase is. He's one of my favorite. This actors. that was for the <laughs> listeners. It wasn't for you. Um, you picked Fletch. Fletch. Yeah, Clark, Clark. Nobody knows Fletch. Clark Griswold. Nobody knows Fletch. What the fuck are you? Fletch talking is like about? the greatest movie ever. By the way, if everybody knows Fletch. If you're listening to this and you have not watched the movie Fletch, you need to get out there and fucking watch Fletch. Yeah, go now. Watch the entire series. Pause. Come back to us, and uh, we'll we'll continue. Well, there's on. only two movies: Fletch and Fletch. Lives. Yeah, the entire franchise. Right. Um, and uh, Goldie Hawn also co-hosted. Interestingly enough, Goldie Hawn. Is the only host of the three where this was her second hosting wow. uh, appearance. Yeah, she had previously done it in like 71 or something like that. So it had been a while before, you know, Goldie Hawn had done it again. But uh, I can't imagine Fletch or... Uh, I can't imagine any of these three standing on stage together. <laughs> I can't either. They're all such ego- egomaniacs. Oh, uh, yeah. This is, uh, this is the highest moment for Paul Hogan and subsequently the next day the lowest moment for Paul Hogan because no <laughs> one heard from him ever again no dude he did a sequel. yeah they made Crocodile Dundee 2 which uh, I can't imagine being I, I think I saw it once I, I think it's like like Crocodile Dundee in the s- streets or no, like in the go, city in Los Angeles or yeah so he like yeah. has a a run in with some gangbangers at the uh, beginning of that movie where he does the whole knife thing again I think 
It's, well, he had like one line. It's not. It doesn't play well. Crocodile Dundee, the first one, not terrible. Well, apparently it was a ca- up for an Academy Award. <laughs> it was. Uh, That's not a joke. For best uh, It was up for an Academy Award for best, best original screenplay. Yeah. Written by Paul, Paul Hogan. Hogan. Directed by. Really? He directed it? I think he did everything on that film. Wow. Um, people will are yelling at their thing. That wasn't directed by Paul Hogan. Um, but I, I think I think it might have been starring, directed, writing. I think he did, and that's it was like the it was like 1986's version of 1976's version of Rocky. Yeah, you know, it was like this guy you can't understand doing all of it. <laughs> Although yeah. Stallone didn't direct Rocky. I don't know. I don't feel like that. I don't know. No. Either way. Uh, those those were the hosts. Uh, very odd motley crew of of uh, acting royalty of 1986 to, to host. Um, I, I now I want to go back and watch YouTube clips of them <laughs> just to see how awkward it is. Uh, I'm Chevy, sure Chevy Chase was great. He was uh, he was probably he was hopped the, up on a he bunch was of blow. Best host of of SNL. Sure. And I'm sure they. I'm sure he was great on it. I'm I'm sure he was fine. Uh, our top nominees of the year. Uh, Room with a View. It's uh, quite the snooze fest of... Uh, they call it a British uh, period comedy. But oh, God. If you ever want to see pretentious <sighs> British movies, mm. go see A Room with a View. I mm. I feel bad that Helena Bonham Carter is in this movie. I mean, she's really young. It was an early part of her career. This she, is definitely before What's-His-Name got a hold of her. Right? Yes, before Tim Burton Tim got Burton. a hold of her. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still like three years away from making Batman and like running Hollywood, so... Yeah, you know, I mean, Danny Elfman wasn't making the theme songs to their wedding or anything. Yet, right, so. not yet, you know, but eventually, <laughs> eventually. Um, the other movie that also got eight nominations was uh, Oliver Stone's Platoon, which uh, decent war film, I, I have to say. Not it's better than decent. It's really damn good. It's a good. Film. It's a good war film, but there are so many other great war films. No, this one's good. This was really good. Probably ones that were made after this that followed the similar. It's got, it's got some moments, but then it also like tonally is so melodramatic. It's, dude, it, this made, um, what's his name's career? Uh, Charlie Sheen. No. No. Um, Tom Berenger. The director. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. <laughs> this was Oliver Stone's like. Yeah, yeah, movie. no, no, no. I mean, like it's, it's, like, it's not anything to sort of like gawk at, but like the. Bock at to balk at, I think is the, the term. Cock at, I do believe that the basis for the bassist, basis, oh, basis, b a s i s, for um, uh, the the movie with God, I'm, I'm blanking tonight. I'm just saying it's no, no apocalypse now. No, the movie, the movie with um, God, I'm not gonna remember any of their names. Jack Black and Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yes. The basis for Tropic Thunder. Is, Tropic Thunder is this movie. Sure. Because what they do for Platoon is what they did in this movie. They took the guys out into the into the wood or into the into the jungle, mm-hmm. and they made them live like they were in Vietnam mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time. Although most of the stars, I guess, didn't do that. I know that. Uh, cool. <laughs> Charlie Sheen didn't, but Johnny Depp did. Um, I was listening to. Johnny Depp is in, in this in yeah. this movie. Johnny Depp is in this movie. He's in it a very, very small amount. I was about to say, who the fuck? I watched this movie recently. Yeah, you didn't watch as much as I have. It, man. Um, it uh, it's recently been put on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So I I rewatched this. Interestingly enough, um, fairly recently, I do not remember Johnny Depp being in this movie. He's in the movie, yeah. That's crazy. He's in it a very small amount. You had you basically see him like when they're burning the village. He walks through um, with one of the kids. He's he's in a couple of scenes where he's talking. Um, who else? Okay. There's there's a All lot right. of people in this movie that you wouldn't expect to be in the movie until you were like just seeing one scene. And you're like, holy crap! That's what's his name? I mean, maybe, maybe that's a testament to uh, to the filmmaking in, in general that I didn't see stars. I saw like guys. Yeah, you in, saw guys that you saw. Um, you saw a platoon. Yeah, the whole idea is that you see. Yeah, a yeah. no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, good, good on the Oliver whole idea Stone of the movie is to... that it was made with uh, uh, Oliver Stone was a veteran. Oh, was and he? he was a veteran, yeah, I didn't know and that. the reason why he made this film is he wanted people to see this movie and feel the way that veterans felt when they were fighting in Vietnam. And that's and the guy that uh, the guy that plays 
the colonel or whatever in the movie, the, the white-haired guy. He's in like every Vietnam War film mm. playing the colonel. Uh, he was also on this movie helping to make it because they're both veterans of the war. Right. Or Vietnam War. Yeah, I, I mean, like I didn't dislike the film. Um, and maybe it's because I've seen so many other war films post this that uh, accomplish uh, that feeling of being in the shit and war as hell a little Yeah, better. but what other films about Vietnam are this like? Good? I mean, Ap- Apocalypse Now is really good. Yeah, Apocalypse Now is so... Uh, it's yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I I put them on par with each other. I think this one's just more enter- entertaining than Pog Up. This now. this movie felt like if Forrest Gump was all about the Vietnam War section of Forrest Gump, like that for- Vietnam War section of Forrest Gump. But Forrest Gump is like campy and and jokey. No, but not not that part of the that movie of Forrest Gump. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole part no, where he's, he's like, he's rescuing wear people. Wear your socks. Like, he's, yeah, make like sure that, you got your socks on, and like that. That's, that's what. That's what it. All of Platoon sort of felt like to me. It, it wasn't like it was. It didn't quite have. I don't know. There were moments that were really poignant and and nice. Like the Willem Dafoe stuff is amazing. Um, and you know him sort of at odds with uh, Tom Berenger, right? That's, that's Tom Berenger is the the other guy with yeah, the scars. Yeah. Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe. Um, where they're at odds with, with each other, and yeah, well, the one guy's about to kill the, the kid to try to get Viet Cong information yeah. out of the, the father, and he's like, the fuck are you doing? You yeah. know, all and they of that have stuff a, is and great. And they have a, I don't know, what, I never was in the military, so I don't know what the lieutenant commander, I don't know what they're, yeah. but the, the head of the platoon, the, oh, the, the complete is, pussy. He's a wimp, yeah. so Tom Berenger ends up having more power than yeah. the head of the platoon. And oh, when, just, when, he, when he fucking Iceman's him? <laughs> yeah, they're like, he's like, you know, it'd really be nice if in front of the men I gave the orders, and he just sort of stares him down and like lunges at him. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well have clicked his teeth like Val Kilmer. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it was it was good. Uh, it it didn't make me feel the way that a lot of other like a Saving Private Ryan or something like that would have, or even the Thin Red Line. Thin Red Line was well, great. I don't remember what I felt like when I first saw this movie because I was like ten. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it when it first came out because I was like five. But yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. when I saw it the first time, I was like ten. And I will say that this movie is one of three movies that we can look at and say this was Charlie Sheen's best work. Yes. So Charlie Sheen did an awesome job in this movie. I agree. Just like with Wall Street and Hot Shots, and and definitely Hot Shots, <laughs> mostly part two, part two. But yeah, um, yeah, but definitely. Platoon is one of uh, Charlie Sheen's best best movies. All right, moving on to more behind behind the uh, the Oscars here. Marley Matlin wins uh, an Oscar here for Best Actress. She becomes the first deaf performer to win an Oscar. And also, I didn't like a totally aside. Yeah, Jeff Jeff is applauding in sign language right now. I am signing Marley Matlin in sign language. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this. Jeff is fluent in sign language. He just confirmed it. Um, None of you could see me yeah, doing that. You know, just imagine how great that all looked. Uh, she also simultaneously becomes, he's now interpreting for me, uh, for our deaf audience. Um, it's cool. She also simultaneously becomes the youngest person, the youngest female to win uh, Best Actress uh, Academy Award, which is really cool. So she like hits two milestones uh, for her performance in Children of a Lesser God. Uh, Best Actor winner. Paul Newman became only the fourth actor to be nominated for the same character in two different films. So, cool. Color of Money and The Hustler, he played Fast Eddie Felsen uh, in both this of those. This was, by the movies. way, definitely a gimme, a gimme Oscar. Sure, sure. This is where they were like, hey, we fucked up the last time you were yeah, nominated. Yeah, the last time you played this character, you should have got an Oscar, <laughs> yeah. but mm, sorry. Now you're playing this again, and uh, you're playing it with uh, Tom Cruise, yeah. and so we're going we're gonna to give it to you instead of Tom Cruise, so. Yeah, the color of money not as good as the hustler, but you know it's Paul. It's Paul fucking Newman. So give give, give the man his gold. You know uh, his win added to his wife Joanne Woodward, who won uh, for best actress in Three Faces of Eve back in like the, like I don't know the fifties, like fifty seven or something like that. Um, make them only the second married couple in Oscars history to win Oscars. That's pretty cool. Cool. And uh, in a weird anomaly of the Oscars, we get the fourth time that the Oscars had a tie. 
for documentary feature um, this year. I don't understand. I honestly, I think flip a coin, make someone the actual winner. Like you got to figure that shit out. Have a tiebreaker, like the president of the academy, you know. But uh, occasionally it does happen, and it happened in 1987 for best documentary feature. So that is a peek behind the Oscars. Should we go over the nominees for best director? I think we should go over the nominees for best director for the Academy Awards. So, best director for the Academy Awards in 1986, which was the... Okay. The nominees for the best Academy Award... (laughs) The nominees for best director in the Academy Awards... For 1987, start off with Oliver Stone for Platoon. Then there's James Ivory, A Room with a View. Then there's some other dumbass that I don't really know. Woody Allen Hannah, and their sisters. Woody Allen with a weird movie about his sisters. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> Roland Joffe for The Mission. Ugh. The Mission's not bad, man. Uh, it's, I, like, I don't buy De Niro in like 17th century fucking Columbia or whatever. I, I, I don't... He's gonna run around with a sword and pantaloons. I don't know. Was, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't see... De, like, that's, that's not De Niro. Come on. Um, Who's who's left? <laughs> we, we got... Oh, David Lynch, Blue Velvet. David Lynch, Blue Velvet. Now, yeah. that one... That could be a switch the envelope right there. I'm just I, saying. That's a real good film. So uh, the one that won it was Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Platoon. Platoon uh, took home, I think, four Oscars this year. Yeah, the one that should have won, we'll get to. Yeah. Because it could actually be Oliver Stone. I mean, that might have been the one that's best for it this could, category. Could be. We'll see. We're going to have a modified <sighs> metric when we get into part two, uh, where we've taken uh, to consideration what directors' roles are on a movie set and what their impact is on a, on a film. And we'll get into that in part two. But um, but we do want to go over some of the movies that happened because it turns out that 1986, oh, man. the year that they used uh, for d- discovering what would be the best films for the Academy Awards, somehow whoever was on the Academy Award committee this year in 1987 didn't watch any fucking movies. There is so many good films that came out There are so many films that came out in 1986, and somehow nobody saw them, because none of them got nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the top 10 highest grossing, but some of the ones that didn't get to the top 10 that are still fantastic movies from 1986, let's just take you, let's just give you a little sousson of what was happening in 1986 cinema. Uh, Lucas, Corey Haim, young Corey Haim, right? That's a good film. We're going, by the way, from the bottom up. Uh, Space Camp. Come on. We're definitely going from the bottom Joaquin up. Phoenix, before he was walking. When he was leaf. Yeah, he was just a leaf floating in the wind. Floating in the river. Um, and he was going up into space. Floating in the river. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix. Nah, get it? I, nah, get it. Nah, nah. uh, Big okay. Trouble in Little China came out this year. You know what? That's one of my favorite bad action films. It is a bad action film. That's one of those that comes full circle right around to like so enjoyable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's always enjoyable. No, it's no, Kurt but, Russell. but like, it's Kurt but like, Russell. It's one of those With where machine like, guns yeah, yeah. and trucks. They're, like that's action movies for me fall into like one of or like three different categories. There's action movies that are just like, oh, that was a good movie and it was action packed. Then there are movies that try to be good and just fall really flat, and you're just like suffering through explosions, like most of Michael Bay's films. Um, and then there's movies like Big Big Trouble in Little China, and a lot of these movies were made in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have a very where, high bar set for no, no, action films. But what I, where I'm saying is like, you don't give a fuck about plot holes. You don't give a shit about about like why That's nothing every is plausible. Action film. No, no, not every action film. Not every action film. You complete. You're, you're just like you know what? Fuck it. And you just enjoy the sort of abs- absurdity of like you said, Kurt Russell and machine guns. Lots of sweat and dirt just thrown on our action star. And they're just like, you know, going through mowing people down. There's some karate moves or something. You know, they're so bad, but you don't care. <clears throat> this movie you know is saying? like, do you remember the scene in uh, Indiana Jones where the guy's using the using the swords and he just pulls out his gun and shoots him? Yeah, because Harrison Ford was suffering from like dysentery or some shit. Yeah. And 
So had the shits, and so he was just like, "I'm not doing this." This, this movie is that entire that entire scene made into an actual movie. Oh yeah, it's just such an indulgence of a movie. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a chocolate ice cream in the middle of the night. That's what that movie is. We'll go with it. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, I don't know if that's a reference for anybody else, but that's my reference. I was gonna say it's like a. Yeah, whatever. it's an indulgence. Um, fucking, they made a movie for kids about David Bowie's penis in 1986. Absolutely not. Called the Labyrinth. Not about David Bowie's penis. You're obsessed with the fact that you can see his penis in the movie. The entire movie. That it, I mean, you're the only person I know that has ever talked about how much you can see it's his in, penis. It's in the credits. It's like the Labyrinth. Jennifer Connelly. David Bowie. David Bowie's penis. <laughs> it's in the. It's in the credits, man. Uh, it, it was uh, you know, it was I have never seen that. Jim movie. Henson I've was never credited seen that movie. for like making that a star. <laughs> I have never seen that movie. All I've ever they known made is a that Broadway all you musical, talk about the puppetry is of his penis, penis, based off of Jim all Henson's you talk about work is his penis with movie. David Bowie's penis. I'm just saying. Um, there there are two camps. I think uh, there are kids people that think of his penis. And think no, of no, 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 no. Oh, we moved on from. I've, the penis. I moved on from his penis from David Bowie. Although, penis. how can you? Um, nobody ever moves on from David Bowie's penis. Um. Mick Jagger never did. No, he didn't. No, <laughs> never did. Um, there are, I think, there are two camps. There are people who grew up watching The Labyrinth as like their favorite weird kids movie, and then there's people. Never ending story. Uh, never ending story is like universally loved by like all all kids. But the two camps are Labyrinth and Dark Crystal Kids. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, in any of those, so I you weren't into I, any of any of those. No, I've never seen any of those. So you've not seen The Labyrinth or The Dark Crystal. No. Oh, do the challenge. Can I just go out with girls instead, like I did when I was that age? <laughs> when you were five? Yeah, man. You have like little girls you hang out with, and uh, um, you know when you're also a little boy. Sure, but, sure, you know. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't leaving Neverland over yeah, here. Exactly. No, oh, yeah, exactly. By the way, man. Whoa, dude, that's fucking crazy. Michael Jackson is insane. He's a terrible person. He was a terrible, terrible, crazy, crazy child molester. Uh, somebody at work put on like a playlist. They hadn't seen the documentary, and they they just like put on like their Pandora playlist, and it went through like forty minutes of Michael Jackson's music. And after makes having, you feel weird to watch. Yeah, after having yeah. seen how can I listen to human nature ever again? Like I was, I I wasn't sure how I would feel about like being the man in the mirror. Well, he really should have actually looked in the fucking mirror. Um, but you know, like I wasn't sure cause like, I, I know that it's possible to separate the sort of work from the person. Yeah. Not when you're R. Kelly or you're, my, you're Michael Jackson. But I was really having a tough time, uh, focusing at work, hearing, you know, Michael Jackson serenade us thinking like, yo, when he was recording this, I just saw like they were in the studio recording this fucking song. And then he went to his like loft apartment called the hideout with a seven year old boy. Yeah, I'm hoping that those uh, accusations ah, I won't are go completely into the details, incorrect, but I know they're probably they're, correct. It, it here's the thing: they're those, very com- that 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 uh, that. Um, oh, I always want to say Finding Neverland. It's not Finding Neverland. The um, what's the show called? The one on Netflix. It's not. I mean, on, not Netflix on HBO. It's not Finding Neverland. It's. Leaving Neverland. Leaving Neverland. Yeah. Leaving Neverland is is it's it's compelling, but it is the account of just two, not just two. It's the account of two kids. Right. Um, two kids who are on record lying about not being assaulted, like held that as truth for like from childhood all the way into most of their adult life, and now, you know, are fathers of their own and that's what sort of caused them they saw their kids and realized that their childhoods were you know what though stolen from them the issue one yeah well i mean and we, that's we, what compelled them to, to sort of come out yeah that's that's tough but anyway okay moving yeah. on um but it you know it, it's it's definitely a uh, a contentious subject and we don't need to necessarily get into it too much um so back to uh movies from 1986 that were um fun <laughs> More fun. Um, one of my favorite movies that came out this uh, came out this year when I was a child, Flight of the Navigator Man. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Oh, I fucking love Flight of the Navigator. The, it's dated as fuck. Yeah, I was going to say the uh, the it's graphics hokey. do not hold it up. It does not hold up, but if it's on TV, I'm going to watch that shit because I love the fuck out of that movie. It's never really on TV, though. No, that's what I'm saying. When it does come on, I'm like, oh, we got to watch the rest of Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. You know? uh, Howard the Duck came out this year. Well, now, wait, wait, wait. Hold on right there. Howard the Duck, one of the best movies from the 80s because of... It's originality. Because of duck boobs? No, the originality of that. They put mammary that. glands on an aviary. The originality <laughs> of that creature? film. you got to admit how original that film was at the time it came out. Well, I mean, it was a comic book first, so. Yeah. But, but it, I mean. No, I, 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 Howard the Duck is another one of those movies where, like, it's so weird and quirky. And speaking of bringing it all I around pedophiles. The fuck out of it. Pedophiles. That uh, the guy, the, the principal from. From uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also in Howard the Duck. Ferris Bueller's Day Off also released this year, but we'll get to that when we get to the top ten. Yeah. Um, Big year for yeah, that guy. That guy was huge in the mid-80s. No, that guy was huge in 1986. Just He was like, <laughs> parents saved the universe. He was in Howard the Duck, Howard and he the was Duck, in Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. Off. Yeah. And then he was arrested later in life as a pedophile. Much, much later. Yeah. Uh, like 2004 later. Uh, I think they. I'm not. Was he a pedophile or did he just have a lot of kitty porn? Like, did they prove pedophilia? Al's gonna check on it and get back to us. All right, you get back to the by the end of the show, Al. It's cool. No rush. Um, the uh, blackface hilarious comedy. I say that as sarcastically as I can. Uh, starring C. Thomas Howell, Soul Man. Yeah, I, that's a movie that used to be on like Channel oh, Five all the time, all the time, all the time. And you know, you, you wonder why people didn't think like there's people. Uh, pundits and and you know people that are coming out now who are like I didn't know that blackface was was racist and be like yeah he did mm. didn't he do it didn't he do blackface in that movie just to get uh, into college the, was it for for affirmative action affirmative action oh yeah, yeah. or was it to go to like Howard University mm. was it for affirmative action or was it for to, to get into I a, it, I to a black, was, all black university I don't think it was necessarily to get into an all black university maybe I I don't know it's been a long time because I feel like his the girl he dated was black in the might have been might have been I don't know. Either way, it's a shitty it's, fucking concept. It's horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, the tagline for like, that who movie. Who thought that that would be a good idea? The tagline for that movie. Ready for this? Guess who's going to college? <laughs> like, it, it's a play on Guess the, who's coming to dinner, yeah. the Sydney Portier yeah. classic. Guess who's coming to dinner. Which deals in a nice way in 1960s with interracial... Um, couples and interracial relationships and all that kind of stuff and sort of like what that meant to society at the time and they use it for this stupid fucking racist concept in an 80s college humor fucking uh, movie. It's um, it's pretty deplorable on, on all ends. Uh, but then you have Hoosiers and um, Jumpin' Jack Flash came out this year. The Money Pit, one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies from the eighties. I don't like this one. You don't very like much. the Money Pit? I don't like. I think it's uh, so annoying. That laugh, that scene is so iconic. Where it's he so falls annoying. through the floor, and just ah, 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 ah. oh my gosh, it's it's a hilarious movie. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors came out. It's good good year for like um, like Steve Martin too. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Three is iconic. Amigos. Little Shop of Horror is iconic. Okay, let's take... We're going to pause right here about uh, Three Amigos. We got One of the best films ever. This is honestly one of the best comedies of the 80s. Absolutely. It's one of the best comedies ever. I love this movie. I can watch this movie anytime. There's a scene in this movie with one of my favorite comedians, Chevy Chase, Mm -hmm. where where he's doing nothing, and I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah. He's on a a horse just applying lip balm (laughs) and drinking... Water and and I'm laughing my ass off. I'm laughing hard yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah, Three Amigos is one of the funniest movies ever made. We should do a like top twenty comedies. We should for like the summer or something. We like should that. do a top twenty comedies. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a future. I'll mark that uh, down. Future list episode. Um, Pretty in Pink also this year. Fucking Stand by Me. This year, Stand by Me is um, uh, how probably was that overlooked? it was. It actually wasn't overlooked. Stand by Me actually was nominated for best <clears throat> adapted screenplay. It wasn't called adapted screenplay at the time. It was nominated for best adapted screenplay because this book 
was is a, a great story, book. Right? It's a short story called The Body. It was written by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's a novella. It's um, you can usually find it in a other works. No, it's a novella. It's you can find it usually in works with other books that he's written that are very sure. famous that were made into other movies like, like Pet, Shawshank Redemption. And isn't that like Pet Cemetery in one of those? No, usually things? it's with his with his books that are not horror. So oh. he, he wrote a lot of non horror uh, books like uh, The Green Mile, um, Shawshank, mm-hmm. uh, The Body. They were all made into films. You know all of them, but this one, uh, I would argue, some of his better films. They were absolutely. Yeah. This one is is actually when you read the book, you realize that Stand by Me they turn it into a buddy kids, um, uh, what's what's the word like a uh, coming of age story? Yeah, the book is not that. Sure, the book is a lot darker because I mean it's Stephen King. It's a lot darker. Uh, the character in the book is more of a kid struggling to get away from his friends, mm-hmm. where in the book he's struggling to be to keep his friends together. together yeah. But um yeah, but it was nominated for a best uh adapted screenplay. Adapted, adapted but I, screenplay. I'm saying like, yo, we're talking about like best direction. That should have been best, best picture, directing for you know, like, for um what's his name? Now I'm forgetting it. Who who did that? Al <laughs> Spinal Tap. Guys it's Spinal Tap. Rob Reiner? Rob Reiner, yeah. <laughs> Rob Reiner did was direct, the director of it. And um it it has River Phoenix doing his best performance probably ever. I say we pencil him into this list. <laughs> this yes, this Rob, movie. Rob Reiner. For yeah, Rob sure. Reiner should definitely get. Uh, we should put that on our switch the envelope for as an alternate s- as an alternate for Stand By Me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Color of Money, which we talked about earlier, and uh, fucking the Fly came out this year, dude. You know, I, I, this movie creeps me out so much. You love Jeff Goldblum. I know, I love Jeff Goldblum, but this movie creeps me out so fucking much. It's a, it's and he's got a really mullet, creepy. too, he man. Does, it's fucking, he's, he's very 80s mullet It's this sweet movie. mulleted Jeff Goldblum. And, <laughs> like, like two guys back then really felt super masculine with a mullet, and that is uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Everybody else kind of just looks silly with a mullet, but those guys, yeah, they, they, kinda, go, they, they, they pulled it off. It off. Like shirtless, those guys, like kind of glistening in the movie. They always made them wet, you know. Like especially <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Like in the Fly, they just like doused wet buckets of water on him. He's Daniel Day Lewis wet, like Last of the Mohicans <laughs> wet in the Fly. <clears throat> but I feel like his every time he, I mean, he's 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 very very moist. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> All of the Fly, and I feel like his 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 hair is kind of Jerry curly. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, that's, it's a good movie. It's a fun. Um, it's a fun horror classic. I yeah. think. I'm surprised it didn't make our our horror films list. Of course, we, we it actually was an alternate. Was it an alternate? Yeah. We we you fought for that. We talked we talked a bit about how like our horror film list, which we'll probably do again uh, come October, um, would probably change every year to a completely different exactly. <laughs> listing because horror films, um, they're. They're one. They're constantly evolving and being becoming better, and, and yeah. you know whatever. But like, there's just so many classic moments in horror cinema that you know sometimes it takes a rewatch where you're like, oh shit, that's right. This movie is great. I forgot about how much I loved the way they just creep you out in this movie. You know. Um, but anyway, let's get into the actual top ten, and then we'll we'll close out the episode here. Number ten uh, in 1986. One of my favorite movies um, with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> there, actually, there's ah, a chica bow bow do 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 do. There isn't many Matthew Broderick films that I don't like, actually. Um, but this one is definitely the yeah, first I'm I not remember. The cable guy. I like the cable guy. I hate the cable guy. Oh I know it's not great, but oh I still liked it. I hate the cable guy. That whole guy. scene in Medieval Times where he's re- oh doing the Spock Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I man. hate, hate the cable guy, and he's got this the chicken skin on his face. <laughs> and I like I like the two actors so much, and I hate the cable guy. Yeah, um, but Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, come came out in 1986, uh, made 70 million dollars. Uh, it was number 10 at the box office. Number nine, Ruthless People. If you have not seen that movie. Because it's one of those movies that doesn't hold up through time. Like you know, a lot of movies like they don't. They're really good movies at the time, but you just don't. They just don't for, because they 
they fall out of circulation. Sure. Or maybe because of rights with the studios, they don't get the sync rights or They didn't something. make it to the streaming platforms. Yeah, and stuff. something. Yeah. Uh, this movie and um, also Down and Out in Beverly Hills, it comes out later. Mm. Uh, this movie is hilarious. Down and Out in Beverly Hills, 11. So it just missed. Yeah. Just missed beating Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But these two movies, they both star Bette Midler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> by the way mm-hmm. and um it's very i mean ben midler doesn't do that much but this is a comedy with it's ben not midler. let's hear it for the boys or beaches right no <clears throat> but this one is it's <laughs> two people kidnap ben midler mm-hmm. to try and get money she's a rich she's a rich woman married to a rich man who's a like a you know advertising executive or something sure, sure. and they kidnap her and they find out that the husband doesn't care that she's been kidnapped right and so he's like, whatever. <laughs> so so they're like, yeah. wait, what are we going to do? And then they, they tre- keep trying to up the ante and try and make the guy think that he's like, they're going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And every time the guy's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he hangs up the phone and it's Danny DeVito. He's like jumping up around, up and down, like excited that they're going to kill his wife. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those kind of comedies. It's a great movie. You should see it's it. It's a, a dark comedy. Well, it's not a dark comedy, but it's it's funny. Well, t- he's taking glee. You, you find it funny that he wants his. That he doesn't care that his wife dies. There's, there's a dark. Yeah, but to they don't. They don't. They're not gonna. Yeah, you you have to see it. It's funny yeah. because the ones that are because the people that have kidnapped her don't know what they're doing. Right. They have no idea what they're doing. It's um, Judd Nelson from Ber- Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop. Cop. Yeah. 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 It was uh, it was good enough to come in number nine. Um, number eight, a movie I'm not familiar with called The Golden Child. Do you know? Do you know this movie? Yes, it's uh, Eddie Murphy movie. It's not his best. Oh, Eddie Murphy is the okay. okay. Yeah, Eddie Murphy movie. It's okay. Once I saw the poster, I realized okay. It's okay. It's not his best. I mean, it's no boomerang. You can you can see it. On, it's boomerang. It's not his best. Either. But um, <laughs> I like boomerang. Golden Child is it's still from the good era of Eddie sure. Murphy. So it's this it's, is uh, the coming to America. Uh, Eddie Murphy. After it, I think that's after it. That's after it. No, no, no. I'm saying this this whole era of Eddie Murphy. No, I'm is saying. Like that. I mean, this movie comes after coming, coming to, to America. America? Yeah, mm. but it's it's a it's a it's a decent movie. If you like Eddie Murphy, you'll like that movie. Um, let's see, number seven, Aliens. Fucking love it. So good. It's good. I mean, James Cameron. How is James Cameron? I mean, this is this is what kind of puts him on the map, right? Aliens. Is it? I think so. I feel like Titanic puts him on the map. Well, no, Titanic cements him as a fucking legend. But I'm saying, like, he he takes over for Ridley Scott, who made a fantastic sci-fi thriller. Then he takes the sequel and turns it into something completely more than... I, I don't know, like I don't know. I still think he's done I it think twice now. I think Terminator was more his thing. And... He's done it twice now with sequels where he's upped the ante and made the sequel as good or better. Than the original. I don't know. I always, thought, I always thought his thing was Terminator. So I don't know. Oh, if... Terminator 2. You know, that's what I'm saying. Terminator 2, he lifted from Terminator. Um, You know, and a lot of people will say that Terminator 2 Judgment Day is better than the original Terminator. It is. It's absolutely better. There you go. Um, Some people argue Terminator that... Terminator 1 is boring. That Aliens... I mean, it's not boring. It's just, you know... Aliens uh, steps up to the same level as uh, Alien. So he's a fixer. He's just he's good at sequels, <laughs> and then when he makes Titanic, people are like, "Oh, and Abyss," and like he's he's made some really good films. Just lately, he's stuck on this Avatar thing. I I can't stand Avatar. I'm not. Are they supposed fan. to make like five Avatar movies? There are four slated. They filmed two and three together, and then four will be filmed sometime. In Is what's his name going to be in like it? Same guy. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Wheelchair guy. Is yeah. That, yeah, I have no idea. Didn't he become a blue cat? Yeah, he's a blue cat. So like, he's not. He's only going to be a blue cat, probably. Or is it going to be like a different story altogether? Probably. Don't know. He knows Zoe Saldana. I don't know. They definitely knows Sigourney Weaver. I know she died. Spoiler alert. Um, but you know, you, you think like a movie like Aliens, a sort of iconic sci-fi movie. You know what? What movie in nineteen eighty six could see top it, it at as the box being office? A best director type of movie. No. No, I don't. I okay. think like best, best visual All specs, right. best he doesn't, sound editing. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't. Best cut. mixing. He's not Rob Reiner. 
doesn't quite get there. Well, no, I think there's certain movies on this list that would be switched to. I don't think Aliens is best director material. Okay. Um, but the movie, the movie that edged it out at the box office to make number six, like it's gonna be a like a crazy good movie to beat out something like Aliens, right? Flash Gordon. It's a uh, Back to School. Dude, don't don't make fun of Back to School. I love it. I'm not giving that movie any respect. Why? It's got <laughs> just for the joke. Um, no, back back to school. It's fine. It's got he high what? dives. <laughs> Dude, it's got the bad guy from Back to the, from uh, from Karate Kid in it. D- sure. <laughs> Who plays the bad guy in Back to School? <laughs> That's all he does. Um, yeah, Back to School made 91 million dollars, dude. Really? For Orion Pictures, yeah. That was the se- that must have been like what the second Rodney Dangerfield movie movie. Because he did Caddyshack was his first one. Is it the second one or like the third? I don't know. Uh, Possibly. I mean, the guy didn't get started till he was like in his 40s or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know. It might have been, you know, only a second... Second or third movie, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. And what's funny, that's actually really rare I mean, it's for better, that movie. It's better than Ladybugs. <laughs> <laughs> that came later, but like it's very rare yeah. for that movie because Rodney Dangerfield is the only real star of that movie. <laughs> because it's Rodney Dangerfield. Cobra Kai, man. William Zabka. <laughs> William Zabka. But he wasn't, I mean, he From was. From How I Met Your Mother, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he was, no, I mean, but Cobra Kai specifically yeah, now. Yeah. But I mean, he was. He wasn't a big star. I no. mean, he was a very background character, but... Well, I mean, he was the star of you know, two years prior or whatever, The He wasn't Kid. the star, though, man. He, he was... was, he was a, nobody he knew was who William Zabka. guy. People, more people know who William Zabka is now than well, they did back then. Well, he's become infamous, yes, uh, for his role. But, yeah, you know... But he, the thing he is... Still how could, he had already that, done... For that movie being one of Kid. the biggest movies of the year and have no famous... It is impressive, it is, you know it what is I mean? Impressive. The woman who plays—I'm trying. You know what? I'm going to have to have Al look it up. But the woman who plays the uh, dean's wife was a. Uh, she's quite a looker. <laughs> <laughs> she was. I got. I got to have Al look uh, it up. I, I, but I got to be concentrated on my schoolwork. Uh. High dive. Doesn't he in the speedo in that at some point? Right yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You know who's in that movie hmm. is. Uh, I'll just let me know. Sam Kinison plays oh, plays the right. fucking professor. He He's like, "Oh, what do you want? Ow! Ow!" And he starts yeah. screaming. Just at screams at everybody. Yeah. Um, and then they have they have Oingo Boingo play a party. They're not. <laughs> they have the house party and Oingo for, Boingo's playing. I forgot Oingo Boingo was in that movie. That is just that is jam packed with eighties eighties goodness. Oh, you know who you know who is in it, but he's not a star yet. Robert fucking Downey Jr. Really? Iron Man is in that movie. Robert Downey Jr. is in Back to friend. School? He plays the dorky friend of his son. Now I got to go back and watch Back to School. Yeah. I got to do it. Hopefully that's on a streaming service. Um, but that, so that was good enough to be at six with 91 million. The top five movies. In a year where movies we've already established were fucking awesome. These are the top five movies. And let's see if, if that holds true. Wait, can I guess them? You can try. I actually only know one of them, so I won't guess the number one because I know the number one. Yeah, I know the number one movie, so yeah. I won't guess that one. I mean, it's if you know 1986 cinema, like if you know what major movie came out in 1986, yeah, you probably know number one. So, yeah, what do you think two through five is? Karate Kid Part Two. Yes, Karate Kid Part Two made it to number four on this list, making 115 million dollars. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, the sequel where he goes to Okinawa. He goes to Okinawa and he finds um, finds a bunch of of uh, kids playing those like drums on a stick. Yes, but I was gonna say he goes to find Sato. That's really annoying for the yeah, listener. Yeah, it, it is really annoying for the last twenty minutes of that film. Dude, it was the secret to Miyagi Do Karate. The secret to Miyagi Do yeah, Karate, yeah. and they had but to does find he crane Sato. Kick? He found Sato. Does he find the strength to sweep the leg himself? No, he finds the strength to beat the shit out of yeah. somebody. Yeah, Karate Kid Part Two, uh, number four. What I up? am a man who will fight. Come on, man, sing the sing the Peter Cera. Mm. 
Mm. For I, your honor, it just it doesn't have the same the place in my heart as that like, you're, you're the best around. Of. No one's ever gonna keep you down. <clears throat> you know, we'll live forever. Uh, anyway, do you have any any other guests? No, I'm out. That's it. <laughs> just Karate Kid Part <laughs> Two. All right, let's take you to number Caddyshack. five. No, not Caddyshack. Um, uh, number five, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Beyond. That movie sucked. Mostly because I didn't well, see it. So I mean, I it was good enough. I hate to, Star Trek. The old Star, the old Star Trek, I didn't like very much. Was Shatner was still in those, right? Oh yes. Yeah, I didn't. Yes, like I think those. there's a whale in this one, and um, San Francisco. Yeah, is uh, is featured. Um, it's hard to keep track. I those all of the Star Trek movies from that like Star Trek the movie and then two, three, four, whatever. They all kind of blur together for me. Like the plots and all the stuff that goes on, yeah, um, you know. Uh, so yeah, number four, like we said, the Karate Kid Part Two. Um, number three, our best winner picture, our best picture winner, Platoon. Platoon, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Platoon actually raked in 138 million dollars this year. Yeah, it did. But it wasn't good enough for beating our number two movie, which made 174 million dollars. Nine and a half weeks. Ooh, close. Crocodile Dundee. Paul Crocodile Hogan himself Dundee. Oh, made $174 million. God, that makes me want to drink some Faustus. Right? We, we should have kept our, our, our accents up until all the way to this point. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners would have loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have any. Yeah, so Paramount, top dog, because they released Crocodile Dundee, uh, probably was the surprise hit of a summer in 1986. Um, and then carried through with word of mouth, like, oh, you got to see this movie. He does a knife thing. <laughs> well, there's more than that. He's got actually. a hat with teeth. <laughs> he doesn't go to he doesn't go to the United States for most of the movie. Oh, you got to watch him take a bubble bath. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, most of the movie's in the outback with this girl who's a journalist right. finding him. So it's actually right. the the original script is probably pretty good. I haven't seen that movie in years. No, I'm giving it shit. It is incredibly dated, but uh, an enjoyable movie. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it is dated, maybe it's not. I mean, if I went back and watched it, I might think it was a great movie. Back then, there was all kinds of quirky movies about the Outback and stuff. Oh, Yahoo movie called... Serious uh, and Young Einstein. No, there was a movie called uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy. The Gods Must Be Crazy. That's a weird-ass movie, yeah. Yeah. There's all kinds of movies yeah. that came out around this like around this time. Coke bottle falls from a plane and yeah. it hits an, uh, like a Aborigine guy in the head or something yeah. like that. Yeah. There's all, all kinds of movies that came out during the 80s that were very quirky, very weird, that people embraced. Mm-hmm. This was one of them. And I haven't gone back and looked. I mean, I haven't This gone is one of the most, it. like commercially mainstream versions of those weird quirky movies for sure but yeah it does kind of fall into that realm although i will say the one funny thing is one that jim jeffrey said about this movie is that he said that one dumbass says put another shrimp on the bobby mm, he said and that became nobody ever says yeah. shrimp he said they say prawns right he said we don't say shrimp we say prawns he said one dumbass says shrimp and we everyone says we say shrimp yeah. on the barbie mm-hmm. Yeah, it ruined, uh, uh, created an entire stereotype <laughs> for uh, for an entire continent. Um, but number one, and like I said, barely edging out Crocodile Dundee with $176 million. So only $2 million separate the Can two. Can I say it? I gotta say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. Let me say it. Jeff, do you have the need to Dead. say this movie? <laughs> the need? The need for, for speed. For speed. This movie is... Top Gun. Top Gun. Danger yeah. Zone. Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, great theme song. Best theme song there is for Great the theme song. Or 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 the uh um Mighty Wings, that's what I thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh great volleyball scene, you know? Um, yeah, if you're a woman. Or or if you're a young gay male who doesn't quite understand what he's feeling when he gets a giant erection in a movie theater. Watching. Well, I'm glad, Corey, you've expressed that to us right now. This is me coming out of the closet, guys. I was uh, three <laughs> when this movie came out and I gotta say discovered that the my, my sexuality. Mighty Wings is a great song. If you listen to the end, how when the credits roll, it's like... Dun, 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 dun. That's one of yeah. the best ending sequences. And you see the planes fly off. <laughs> It's great. I should do Foley. You know what? You know what? The shots in this film are so good 
Cinematography is great. I the, think like, the shots, action-y plane stuff, yeah. I think the shots in this film are so good, the way the director encompassed this. It's so exciting. I think this movie is iconic. Absolutely. I would like to add this to our list, our alternative, li- our ter- alternate list. I don't know if the uh, acting and I whatnot. Would, wait, 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 hold on. Are we doing acting? I mean, No, ooh, we're not directing? doing acting. We're doing directing. And Tony Scott, I believe, is the director. And Tony Scott is Tony da- Scott is the is the director. Damn you good want a chops. pencil and Top Gun? It's fine. I don't think it's Oscar caliber. Tony Scott has done some fantastic. He has. Work. And you know what I would say? This movie, not this. This movie, th- we're we're basing on direction. I not, guess. If you take a script, like first of all, let me ask you a question. You got Top Gun. Say you're a director. You get this script. Think mm-hmm. of the dog crap lines that some of these guys are saying, right? <laughs> He was able to make this iconic film that we all watch and still, every guy watches and still goes, damn, this movie's good. I think Guys it's, almost I think get it's erections like, from watching this movie. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> I just said. <laughs> I'm, not talk, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about gay men. I'm talking about heterosexual men watching oh, this yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. get... Yeah, get get erections from just for the excitement of either watching way, Top Gun. Either way, erections are had. This movie was created a whole, a whole just just excitement just from watching Top Gun. You don't get that unless you are a fantastic director. Uh, all right, fucking add him to the list. I don't. I it's under like protest. I guess. Let's I, put, I don't let's think. Put I don't think it deserves if, to be let's there. See but, if we'll we'll run the metric on it. All right, we'll run the metric. He'll probably get like a star and a half. But you know, I don't know, man. I think fine. our metric for 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 direction. This is not for fucking right. acting or right. for right. screenwriting. We'll, this is we'll for direction. Out. We'll find out when we give you our our new metric. And, um, and plus, I know the backstory of how they how the director actually got those shots of the planes and stuff. And it's pretty fa- pretty freaking fantastic. Right. We'll save it for the next next episode, where we will talk about best director of 1987, featuring the nominees. Woody Allen from Hannah and Her Sisters. Oliver Stone for Platoon. James Ivory, A Room with a View. Roland Joffe for The Mission. David Lynch for Blue Velvet. We're also doing Rob Reiner for Stand By Me and... Tony Scott for Tony Scott for Top, Top, Gun. Top Gun. Sorry, I was All out right. peeing while you were reading that. All right, it's fine. It's fine. So we'll go through our metric. We'll find out who really should have won the award um, next time on Switch the Envelope. But before we end this, we'd like to tell you to go out there and hit us up on our Instagram at mm-hmm. Switch the Envelope or go to our Twitter and follow us. Leave comments at Switch Envelope. And uh, I don't know, send us an email. Sure. Yeah, just just send, send an email to anybody and, <laughs> and talk about Switch the Envelope. Uh, uh, you can go subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can go to switchtheenvelope.com, and that'll have uh, uh, subscription buttons up at the top, and you can also listen to episodes on, on the website. And uh, Definitely yeah, go and uh, leave some comments and, and discuss with us. We like to uh, talk about movies, so make sure you do that before the next uh, before the next episode comes out because you never know. It might take us three weeks. Why not? It might take us three weeks to let out the next episode. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but typically, well, we have our episodes coming still, out every Monday we're and still homeless, Thursday. Jeff, so, like, give us some slack. We're still a little homeless. We don't have a home studio. Ready to go. We're working through it. You should actually explain that. We are still, our home studio is still under construction, so yeah. we are still building the new podcast studio. Our podcast haven. Which is under control. We'll be posting some pictures of that on our Instagram pretty soon. Cool. So, um, let's end this with a quote <laughs> from, <laughs> we're yeah. going to end with new a segment. movie quote. New segment. We're ending with a movie quote. We're going to end with a movie quote from 1986, the fast, high-flying movie Top Gun. <laughs> we're we're going to end with um, the movie quote that was said over the loudspeaker to all the people in the skies from Maverick. Hold on. Let, let me do Foley for you. Ready? <laughs> Talk to me, Goose. <laughs> that's, the that's, ra- that's the radio Foley. Though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's been Switch the Envelope. (laughs) Thank you, music, for saving us. (laughs) See you next week. No, not next week. See you next episode. (laughs) Maybe next week. Who knows? Good, good, Good ending. Good ending. Love it.
What? Why was it the late nineties? I was just talking about. Like, I was, like, I was saying if they made Baywatch in like ninety seven. Why would nice? Why was such an arbitrary? Because that's number. like Why'd older, <laughs> older Arnold. Really, I thought. Well, like tw- Terminator Two comes out early nineties, so like by the end of that decade, he's older. He's starting to make True well, when Lies. Did, when did True Lies come out? I think it came out like ninety six. Because he'd already started to make really bad maybe, movies. Maybe it's even like two thousand. He made Junior. He yeah. made. Uh, God, that was nine, terrible. Nine that months. was a terrible movie. Nine months is a great movie. No, had nothing just, to do with no, had nothing I'm, to do with Arnold Schwarzenegger though. Is that not Arnold Schwarzenegger? No. It's Tom Arnold. Oh, Junior is the <laughs> Junior is the nine months with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's yeah. what triggered it in my mind. That's what I was yeah. like, what? Are you, I don't know what you're no, talking no, about. No, no, I got but... you. I'm, I'm back on board. I'm back it's... on board. I, I realize we can what talk you're talking nine months about. all you want. Yeah, Man, we got yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Fine. We've got uh, Tom Arnold. Yeah, 